Much different than last night. <laughs> but good just the same. Acts chapter 2, where we will turn tonight for our text as I share with you a few moments. And I appreciate you. I've enjoyed the opportunity as several students have stopped and talked with me, uh, whether we were in the commons area or just walking across campus, and I just appreciate the opportunity to talk with you. Acts chapter 2, verse 1. When the day of Pentecost came, they were all together in one place. Suddenly a sound like the blowing of a violent wind came from heaven and filled the whole house where they were sitting. They saw what seemed to be tongues of fire that separated and came to rest on each of them. All of them were filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak in other tongues as the Spirit enabled them. Tonight, if I was to choose a topic, I would just simply talk to you from this topic. Come, Holy Spirit. Come, Holy Spirit. We understand that the first step in redemption is to be saved, to invite Jesus Christ to come into your life and to be your personal Savior. And he does come in response to a heart that has shown remorse, repented, and invites him to come in. He's not going to kick the door in. You've got to invite him in. He said, I stand at the door and knock. If any man hear my voice and open the door, I'll come in and I'll sup with him and he with me. But however, the work does not stop there with being saved. Once God wipes our slate clean and forgives us our sins, he must then make us ready for service. And this only happens when we are filled with his Holy Spirit and sanctified whole. The goal of every believer should be to be filled with the Holy Spirit. We understand this is the day of Pentecost, which was a monumental day for many reasons. It was the coming of the Holy Spirit. It was the birth of the New Testament church. As we know it today, we trace our origins back to that church that began there on the day of Pentecost when 120 had, uh, men and uh, gathered in the upper room along with others. They gathered there in the upper room and the Holy Spirit came and filled them. It was the corporate filling of the church with God's Holy Spirit. But also it was the personal infilling of the Spirit to every individual believer. You see, it was the power and the presence of God coming upon the believers, gifting and equipping them to proclaim the good news and the glorious message of salvation unto all men. The first thing that we'll note that in verses 2 and 3, we notice that it says a sound like a blowing of a violent wind came from heaven. The Spirit came. The Spirit came. You know, if you've ever, anybody, you ever been in a tornado or seen a tornado, you know, we had the distinction last year. We had a very rough year. We had an earthquake, we had a tornado, and we had a hurricane all in one year. 
And I tell you, if you've never been in a tornado, you hear it. Someone said it sounds like a bunch of trains, you know, uh, running on the track and uh, rumbling and so forth. Well, I can imagine that when the Holy Spirit came, that it was the sound of like maybe a, a great train coming. And, and, and you can just feel in the atmosphere, you can hear the, the, the noise. In other words, it was God saying to the world that I'm now sending a power that you have not known, a power that is going to enable you to live for me, a power that is going to enable you to be effective for me. And so this coming of the Holy Spirit, which had been forecast, which had been talked about in the Old Testament, we, we understand that in the Old Testament, the Holy Spirit was active, but the difference in the Old Testament and the New Testament uh, working of the Spirit is that in the Old Testament, the Holy Spirit would rest on individuals. We talked about uh, some weeks ago in my church how the Holy Spirit rested on uh, Samson and, and the power of God came on him and he was able to kill a thousand just with the jawbone of a donkey there. And uh, how the Spirit rested on so many of those Old Testament figures, Moses, and I think about Samuel, I think about Daniel. But the difference now is that the Holy Spirit would not just rest on them, but the Spirit of God would reside in them. And that would be the difference maker. Now, there would be uh, two definite changes that, that took place. Of course, that the, the Spirit would dwell in people and not just on them, but also His Spirit would be permanent and not just temporary. If we turn over to the 14th chapter of John, around the 16th verse, He said, um, well, in fact, uh, the 15th verse, I'll start there. He said, if you love me, you keep my command, and I will ask the Father, and He will give you another advocate. Or the King James says, another comforter, I believe, to help you. And he will be with you forever. The Spirit of truth. The Holy Spirit has come to reside in us. And you know, the three signs that accompanied his coming, we talked about the sound of the rushing wind, the tongues of fire. The scripture says that the tongues separated and, and it went and, and dwelt on each of them. And I believe that tongue of fire, which represents the cleansing of the Holy Spirit, that divine fire that he put inside them individually, that fire that he put inside the church corporately, that fire that still burns today inside of you and I, that we have an opportunity to be filled with the power and the presence of the Holy Spirit. In fact, back in Joel, the second chapter, verses 28 and 29, uh, Joel uh, forecast this day. He said, afterwards, I will pour out my spirit on all people, all flesh. Your sons and your daughters will prophesy. Your old men will dream dreams. And even young men will see visions. Even on my servants, both men and women, I will pour out my spirit in those days. And that day has come that he has poured out his spirit upon all flesh. The wonderful thing about it is the Holy Spirit is an equal opportunity employer. In other words, there is no difference of, of persons with the Holy Spirit. Anybody can be filled with the Holy Spirit, whether you're male, whether you're female, whether you're red, black, yellow, white, any color. Anybody can be filled with the presence and the power of God's Holy Spirit. And the one of, another wonderful thing happened, which was a miracle. And, you know, sometimes, uh, you know, I don't get into debates uh, anymore with folk about it. I remember some years ago, one of my Pentecostal friends who talked about, you know, speaking in unknown tongues. And, 
and they're, they're, they're being filled with the Spirit and us being filled with the Spirit, we saw it a little differently. And he quoted Acts chapter 2 as uh, justification for his position. And I said Acts chapter 2 was not a speaking in a, in a gibberish, uh, what you are calling a tongue, but they were actually speaking in languages, that there were people there from all different parts uh, of the country there, and they spoke in different languages. And the miracle of being filled with the Holy Spirit is the Bible says everyone heard the gospel in their own language. And that was the miracle of it. In other words, if we were using today's terminology, someone was there from Russia, they heard the scripture, they heard the gospel being uh, uh, proclaimed in Russian. Someone was there in, from China, they heard the gospel being proclaimed in Chinese. Someone from Japan, same thing. From wherever country you were from, from whatever place you were from, the miracle is that they all heard the Holy Spirit. And they were praising God. And, you know, one of the wonderful things that happen when the Spirit comes, He allows you to praise God. You know, one thing about me, if you're around me long enough, you would know that I don't like anything dead. I don't like a dead church. I don't like to be around dead folk. I want to be around people that are alive. I want folk that have some fire in them. I want to see some passion in them. Because I don't know about you, but when God saved me and when God filled me with the Holy Spirit, there was such an incredible change in me and I have never been the same since then. And I cannot act the same. I cannot talk the same. I am not the same. I can't treat people the same. You need to let folk know that you have something inside of you that makes you different than the world. Amen, somebody. So that's what the Holy Spirit does. And he filled them all with the Holy Spirit. Another thing that happened there, not only did the Spirit come, but also we see that the Spirit baptized them. Uh, the word baptized comes from a Greek word, baptizo, which actually has two meanings, one which was literal and one which was figurative. The word literally means to submerge. In other words, we think about baptized, you are submerged down in the water. But also figuratively, it means to be identified with. So the baptism of the Holy Spirit is the act of God in which he identified believers with Jesus Christ, who is now the exalted head of the church, and he formed the spiritual body of Christ on earth. It is the submersion of the total man in and to the Spirit of God. Amen. Paul, let us know, I believe, over in 1 Thessalonians. I'm going to turn over there a little bit. 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, thinking about uh, being baptized and being filled with the Holy Spirit. Chapter 5 and verse 23, he said, May God himself, the God of peace, sanctify you through and through, and may your whole spirit, soul, and body be kept blameless at the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. The one who calls you is faithful, and he will do it. Amen. That he fills your whole body, your soul, your spirit. In other words, all of you, we are praying that God, His Holy Spirit, will fill us all the way, every part of us, every chamber in our heart. You know, sometimes there are places that when we come to the altar and pray, that we're not really opening up. We're not really opening up every area of our life. Sometimes we have a secret place. We have a secret compartment that we want to keep stuff hidden from God. But you know the wonderful thing about God is He knows you anyway. He knows all about you, so you can't come with God playing around 
I tell my church, you can't come to God shucking and jiving. God knows all about you anyway. You might as well get for real. You might as well come to him and be honest because he knows about you. He knows you from the very day that you came into the world. In fact, the scripture says the very hairs on your head are numbered. Can you imagine that a God that can count even the very hairs on your head? That here you are on earth with, where the population is five billion plus and God knows you just that well. So don't come to God playing around. You might as well come to him meaning serious business. Amen. You know, sometimes I've seen the spirit move in the church in such a powerful way. And I see people, you know, my church, they get happy. That's the term we use. They get happy. You know, some churches, they just sit there and they be just quiet, you know. And some folk are like that. They just quiet, you know. And I'm looking at them. You know, I'm just getting towed up. You know, I'm ready to run and jump and scream. And they just sitting there, and I'm like, bless God, you know. Amen. And then I've seen folks, and they get up, and they just start screaming and hollering. And then after a while, the person next to them, you know, all of a sudden tears start running down their aisle, you know, running down their eyes. You know what happens is that when one person gets filled with the Holy Spirit and is running over, sometimes a person sitting next to them gets a little sprinkle. You know, they get a little sprinkle. Oh, praise the Lord. Hallelujah. They get a little sprinkle on them. Listen here. You don't have to settle for a little sprinkle. You can get the whole thing yourself. And if you just say, God, I am available, I want you to fill me right now. And the Bible says they were filled with the Holy Spirit. In other words, every chamber of their heart, all their inmost being, the Spirit filled them. All you have to do is say, Holy Spirit, I am available. You heard me talk over the last couple of days about my testimony, how I came up in a, in, in a very dysfunctional home, how there was a lot of hurt and a lot of pain, and how God got a hold of me, and how he transformed me, transformed my thinking. But guess what? That wasn't enough. I didn't just need God to transform me, because after my transformation, I needed something that could keep me. I needed something that could help me to live a victorious life, something that could help me be different and uh, be different from the world and leave the things of the world behind. When I got saved, I remember I come out of a family. My mother had seven kids, six boys and one girl. And I can recall when I got saved and I went home and my brothers, you know, they were all into different things. Some was running the streets, some was into drugs, some was into running women, you name it. They were into everything. And they thought, what has happened to our little brother? They said, something's wrong with you. And my oldest brother said, well, he's just going through a phase. He's going to get out of it. Just give him time and he'll be back to normal. But guess what? 30 years later, I haven't grown out of that phase. I'm still in that phase today. And you know the wonderful thing about it is, uh, over time, uh, I've seen all my brothers, one by one, uh, come to me and they said, you know, I need that thing that you have. And I said, what are you talking about? There's something that happened to you, that your life is different, that you are different. There's a light, there's a shine that's on you. You haven't had the problems that we had. You haven't had the situations in your life. Oh, they don't know I've had situations and I have problems. But the difference is... When you have the Holy Spirit, you have something to keep you when you are going through your problem. You have someone that will be there and hold your hand when you are going through the roughest days of your life. The Holy Spirit, he will be right there to help you because he's a helper. He's a comforter. Amen. The Holy Spirit reveals the deep things of God. And I tell you, it enables us to serve God effectively. 
You know, one of the roughest things that I did in my life when I said, when I accepted the call into the ministry, and I always had a different thought of the ministry. I thought it would be much different than what it is. I thought, you know, people are going to treat you different, and sometimes they do. And, And people treat ministers this way, but I tell you what, the church has been one of the roughest places at times to serve. They have said some of the ugliest things to me in the church. And, boy, sometimes I found my, my hands tied. You know, back when I was in the world, when you would say ugly things to me, I had, a, I had a response to you. You know, I could say something real ugly to you. In fact, you know, we wanted to see who can get the ugliest. I could get real ugly, you know. But I tell you, when the Holy Spirit fills you, you don't want to get ugly with people. Amen. You don't want to, you don't want to get on their level. Listen here, you never better yourself by getting down in the gutter with someone. You never better yourself by getting in arguments with fools. Because somebody will come by and see you arguing and they don't know who's the fool. You never better yourself by acting a monkey when somebody else has acted a monkey. You see, one monkey is a sideshow. Two monkeys a circus. You don't want to start a circus. You never better yourself. You've got to learn how to keep yourself at a certain level. And see, that's what the Holy Spirit does. He enables you to maintain. He enables to walk, enables you to walk in a way that you can be proud, that people can know that there is something different about that sister, something different about that brother. I've said some hurtful things. I had a member that called me when I passed it back years ago, and she called me 10 years after the fact. I had gone, moved to another community. I had forgotten gotten all about this person but she was one mean sister she was one foul mouth sister and she would say things you know and I would just ignore and act like I didn't hear I heard her she said some cutting things but I would ignore her and you know I didn't pay her much mind well I tell you what I just kept loving on her and showed her Jesus in my life well, ultimately, as time went on, I moved to another church, but it was 10 years later, I got a phone call one evening sitting in my house, and it was this person calling me, and they were just sobbing on the other end of the phone, and they told me who they were, and they said, Reverend Tillman, you were always so nice to me, you were always so kind and sweet to me, and I would say mean things, and I would act mean, and I would act very ugly to you. She said, I want to let you know that I got saved last month, and now God is coming and fill me with his spirit and she said I feel like I need to apologize to you the way that I acted she said I am so sorry for the mean things I said and the mean things I did and you know I have forgotten about it but I thank God that she called because it was something that she needed to do when the Holy Spirit fills you and I tell you when things are not right with you and somebody else you want to make them right I believe in restitution I believe in righting the wrongs that you are able to right. If you said something damaging and harmful, go back and apologize. If you've done something evil to somebody, go back and make it right. That's what the Holy Spirit will enable you to do. He will enable you to go back and take the high road. Do that which is right. When he filled me, I tell you, we sang this song, said I looked at my hands. They looked new. I looked at my feet. And they did too. It's something about the Spirit of God when he comes. Amen. And I wasn't worried about them that told me that I had to talk in 29 tongues. You don't have to stand on your head. You don't have to jump any pews as Andre Crouch saying years ago or run down no aisles. But you'll know when he comes. Because when he comes, he's going to fill your heart with the perfect love of God. 
He's going to enable you to love people. To love. Listen, if you love them that love you back, you haven't done anything. The Holy Spirit will enable you to love folk that don't love you. He'll enable you to love people that don't treat you right. He'll enable you to love folk, uh, amen, that you don't know, and you'll have a heart of compassion. That's how you know that you've been filled with the Spirit, uh, and you want to know the evidence uh, is not over in Acts, but it's actually over in Galatians, uh, when you are filled with the Spirit and the perfect love of God. The fruit of the Spirit is love and joy and peace, uh, long-suffering. Those uh, are the gifts of the Spirit. That's what we want to be filled with tonight. That is the fruit of the Spirit and that's what we want to have evidence in our lives. You want people to know that you got the real thing. You ought to have the fruit of the Spirit in your life. That is evidence that you've been filled. You know the tree by the fruit. Amen. When I go out, I got apples on my tree in the backyard. It's not an orange tree. It's an apple tree. I'm not a farmer, but I'm smart enough to know that because I look on there and they're apples. I've been to Florida, and I look on, those are orange trees. I'm not, I'm not too smart. I'm not a farmer, but I see oranges hanging. It's an orange tree. You know the tree by the fruit that's on it. What will people say about you when they're in your presence, when they've been around you a while? Will they say that this person, that you're really a committed Christian? Will they say that they know you are saved, that you are spirit-filled, and, and, and that God is with you? Or will they say something else about you? They know you by your fruit. What kind of fruit are you displaying? There the scripture I quoted for you, the fruit of the Spirit is love. It's joy. It's peace. Long-suffering, kindness, goodness, faithfulness. I like that one, faithfulness. The Holy Spirit will help you be faithful will help you hang in there. You think you're going through a rough time, you think you can't make it, boy, the Holy Spirit will help you make it. There were times that I just felt I couldn't make it. Times I wanted to give up. Times I was hurt so bad I wanted to crawl somewhere. And I tell you, even 30 years now after college, I still have trying times. Even though I know God, I still have trying times. I've had a trying year. Had a trying year with one of one of my sons, very rebellious, getting in all kinds of trouble, trying to get him on the right path. And it seems like the more we do to help him, it seems like the more he does to hurt himself. I told him, I said, "Son, your problem is you need to be saved, and you need to be filled with God's Spirit. You're rebelling now against everything that we've taught you and everything that we've shown you. You have no reason to act the way you're acting." Boy, he's been going through, and he came to me tearfully not too long ago. He said, Dad, I, 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 I've done a lot of bad things. He said, I didn't really think I, I, I needed, I've been in church all my life. I didn't think I needed any more church. He said, but I've come to understand that I need church. I need God. I need help. And I said, God, you got him now where he's about ready. You see, God's got to break you first. The problem with some people is they've never been broken. I said, son, I don't want you to have to end up in a hospital bed or in jail before you're broken. Don't wait until you mess your life up, mess up your future before you're broken. And then not only that, we've had some other challenges. And then 
On top of that, then they diagnosed my mother with a terminal case of cancer. My mother and I were extremely close, been extremely close my whole life. And in the matter of her diagnosis, five weeks later, mama was gone. And, you know, I don't care what anybody tells you, how old you get. You, you want to know something? It still hurts when you lose your mama, whether you are 10, whether you are 20, whether you are 50, or whether you are 8. It hurts. And, more, I tell you the pain that I felt when I saw mama slipping away. And mama was always lively and laughing and joking and full of life. And when I went to see her those last, that last week, mama just laid in the bed, couldn't get up, couldn't even walk anymore. Just that fast, in a matter of three weeks, she went from walking and talking and laughing to where she couldn't even walk. And she wouldn't even open her eyes and she just laid there. And I went in there and I went in the room and talked with her. Mama wouldn't respond. The others wouldn't talk with her. And the day before God would call her home, I remember I went in there that room and I said, Mama, I'm so concerned about you. I'm concerned about you, Mama. Mama, I want you to know I love you. And I, I, I'm just so concerned about you being in pain and laying here. Mama hadn't opened up her eyes or spoken in days. But all of a sudden, I shared with somebody the other day, out of nowhere, Mama opened up her eyes and turned over and looked at me. And she called me Rev. She doesn't call me Charles anymore. She called me Rev. She said, Rev, I'm all right. She closed her eyes and turned back over. About a day later, God called Mama home. The last words my mother spoke to me, I'm all right. And you know, with those words, it gave me comfort. It gave me strength. I called on God like I had never called on him before. Got a child acting out. Got other problems going on. Got a mother sick. And I got siblings, some that, that do not know the Lord, acting crazy. And I said, God, I need you to help me. I know you've helped me down through the years. I know you've blessed me. But right now, I need you to help me again. I wasn't asking for another baptism. You only baptize in the Holy Spirit one time. But you need a new infilling. There are many infillings. You see, baptism is like you're buying the car. But the infilling is going to the tank, going to the filler station, and filling up your gas tank. You got to first own the car to get a filling. And I just said, God, I need a fresh infilling of your spirit. My heart is heavy. Mama's dying. My son acting crazy. My siblings act like they're losing their mind. Sometime that evening, in the quietness of the apartment where I was, I just felt a power come over me. And I knew what it was. I knew who it was, should I say. Because he had done it so many times before. You see, it's something about a desperate cry that God hears. And I cried that night, Lord, I need you. If I ever needed you before, I need you right now. 
And it was just like something hot was just poured down me. And I just felt something come all through my body, my spirit. And as if it was saying, you'll be all right. It's going to be all right. And I began to sing that old hymn we used to sing in church many years earlier. I, I hadn't sang it. But I began to sing that night, it is well with my soul. It is well. I need his Holy Spirit. You need him tonight. And I would say to you, if you have not been filled, if you have not been baptized with the Holy Spirit, you can be. And if you have been, and you're finding yourself struggling. Maybe it's just a matter of you need a fresh infilling of God's Holy Spirit. I'm going to ask you to stand with me. And maybe if someone would, I don't see the brother that, that was here last night. But if we could sing or somebody play, I don't know. But uh, I just feel like that there may be somebody that wants to pray. You know, us preachers, we think that way. After a service, after we, a message, we just say, somebody might want to pray. Maybe one person. You know if you need the Holy Spirit. You know where you're at, where you're at in your life. Now's a good time. Not a whole lot of folk are here. You can just come and lay before God. I tell you, the times that God has really been real to me and really helped me, wasn't a lot of folk around. It's in a small congregation. And I would just bow before him. Many times I've asked him, Lord, fill me afresh. Spirit of the living God, fall fresh on me. And if there's somebody like that tonight, if you want to come pray, I invite you now to come as I prepare to close out in prayer. Amen. that they will can just continue playing softly. Lord Jesus, tonight, we come before you, Lord, 
as empty pitchers. Before you a full fountain. Tonight, Lord, there are some that have come. They've heard the message tonight that they need a fresh infilling, baptizing in the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit tonight, God, that you've sent to give us power, power to live, power to serve, power to love. And you filled us tonight with that perfect love. We need you. Somebody's going through a tough time. Somebody's hurting. Somebody, no doubt, has felt like giving up. Somebody, this day, has been a tough day on them. They didn't know what they were going to do. But tonight, I'm glad that the Holy Spirit is available. That if we call on you, that you'll come fast, quick, and in a hurry. Come, Holy Spirit. Fill your people. We belong to you. We are not of the world. We are different. We need the Holy Spirit. For he is the difference maker. He is the one that enables us to please you and to walk according to your precepts. So bless tonight. Every person, every young man, young woman that is nailed at this altar, I pray, God, that you'd meet them. Fill them now. Those places that they've kept secret from you, I pray they, they would open those compartments and say, fill, God. Fill every part of me. That which I've been holding back, that which I've been trying to hold, keep away from you, even now I yield. Fill me. And when I leave out of here tonight, there'll be something different. I receive it by faith. I'm not worried about any, anything else or what anyone else has to say. But by faith tonight, I receive all that you have for me. Holy Spirit, even now, I'm yours. We pray in Jesus' name. Feel free to stay and pray, or if you need to go, you are dismissed. And we know your fellow students missed something tonight. Hearing a word from the Lord, encourage them to be in chapel tomorrow and hear our final message from Pastor Tillman. You're dismissed.